0: Monogamish contains content intended for mature audiences. The views expressed here are for entertainment purposes only. Please enjoy the show.
1: Hi, I'm Justina.
0: And I'm Kenji. And And we're we're Monogamish. Monogamish.
1: And today, you know what? She's going to introduce herself. This is something that we normally don't do, but we spoke a little bit before and... We're going to let her take the reins right
2: away. Please. Oh, okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't know I was making it like a whole different thing, of course. Oh, no.
1: No, I it's not. okay. Um, <laughs> so
2: I am Kathy Sloan, and I also go by Kiki Stone. So most people, um, most people just go with my nickname, Kiki.
1: Perfect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kiki. Kiki, and what do you do, Kiki? Um, I work in
2: real estate, actually. So I have been um, building my business for the last uh, couple of years and really carving out a niche market in our sex positive communities. So it's really fun to to have that uh, Kiki, the property dominator. It's such a cute little logo. And <laughs> um, it's, it's just a really fun spin. Uh, it's a fun marketing spin. And it's such a great group of people. I just love having that niche market.
0: So your niche is what?
2: So my niche is the sex positive community, which includes. There's a lot of overlapping things, but it includes, you know, people who are into BDSM, fetish, kinksters, lifestyle, swingers, polyamorous, um, LGBTQ, I A, ABCD, X Y Z, everything, everything. <laughs> Basically, like if if you are a sex positive person and. Um, then I'm here for you to help you find a house, help you sell your house, whatever you need in regards to real estate. Um, But I'm also a real connector of people. So um, one of my other things that I've been working on is this Kink Professionals networking group, Business with Benefits. And uh, we're actually meeting tonight. And it's a place for um, small business owners in the sex-positive community to come together and support each other. And so it's both... Um, people who run kink related businesses, like whether you run a dungeon or you know do play parties or something. and then also people like me who where my business isn't necessarily related to sex positive stuff, but I'm I'm a kinky person, so <laughs> <laughs> so um, we, we the point is to come together and act as each other's extended sales force. So the more that we get to know each other and interact with each other and know what we all do, Um, then it's easy for us when somebody goes, oh, I'm looking for a plumber, or I need an electrician, or I need a CPA. Um, You know, we've got a Facebook group, and I'm working on a website. And so the idea is to, you know, support
1: local and support kink. (laughs) Awesome. Wonderful. (laughs) So that's business talk. So, So you got the name for property dominator. Dominator. Yeah. And that, I'm sure, means something on the BDSM side. So are you into Dom? Are you a dominatrix? Um, I guess that's a funny question because
2: it does look like I'm a dominatrix. um, And I'll have people message me about that. Um, and I'll say, oh, I just dominate the property. Like, i oh, will
1: okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> message me and be like, "So, will you dom me?" And I'm like, "Ah, uh, that's not really my thing. Like, I just dominate the property." Um, but yeah, it's a it's a word play and it's a spin coming out of the BDSM community because that's kind of where my whole journey in, you know, kinkster stuff started.
1: Okay, so what do you do? Where let's. Start there. You you got into the BDSM community and that's how you evolved into where you are now. So start from the beginning. So
2: from the beginning, um, I had a Tinder date and it turned into a two and a half year relationship. Oh wow. Um, okay. And at some point, you know, we were hanging out on dude's couch and and watching a movie or something, and he gets up and goes in the office and he comes back with like this tape. And he taped my wrists together. And I was like, oh, okay cool. <laughs> uh, whatever. I'm I'm down for whatever. I'm a cool girl. So, um, you know, we keep watching the movie. We're just cuddling. And I'm like, okay, I, I gotta go potty. He's like, go ahead. And I'm like, well, are you gonna like undo me? And uh, he's like, no, you can do it. And I'm like, you know, I'm so like, you can't tell me what to do. Okay, fine. Fine. I'll go do it like this, whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I go in there. And then later after the movie's over, you know, we end up in his bedroom and, and um, and we had sex, and you know my arms are up over my head, you know, with my right. wrists together, mm-hmm. and it was so hot, and it was such like a soft, soft entry into BDSM, um, and I loved it. And the more that I started researching it and finding out more terms, and then I found um, Life and I started researching stuff on Life, and um, I found this term alpha sub. And I was like, "Oh, no wonder I like this stuff so much because um, I am the oldest of three girls. I've been working since I was 15. I've always supported myself. I was a young mother, I was a single mother. Um, I've always been in charge of all the bills and finances when I'm in a long-term relationship. And so like and even now, like I run my own business. you know, I'm in charge of everything and I'm um, perfectly capable. Uh, so it's really nice. To have some time in your life when you know you are with somebody that you can fully trust and let go, and just not have any responsibilities, not make any decisions. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it's, it, was at me. it was amazing. It was amazing. It was it's eye because open. we Isn't are it, two birds of a feather. Yeah, I was the same exact way, and that's why he's he's making those noises and looking mm-hmm. my direction
0: because. Uh... I know both of you love it when a man can handle the fucking business right. in the bedroom. You don't have to tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. You right. don't have to guide them. Nothing.
1: It's the one place you can You get it in and you fucking it.
0: put it down. Yes. My last name ain't Fuller <laughs> for nothing. <laughs>
1: uh, that's so Kenji. Uh, but it's the truth because mm-hmm. we get tired of controlling every single thing in 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 our lives. It's and so, so just Yeah, it's just oh, I can sit here and I can, when he ties me up, it sounds weird, but I don't feel held down. I feel let go. Liberated. Yes. I'm like, like,
2: I can't do anything right now. My job is just to be here. Right. And be a play toy. I love being a play toy. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So, So when
1: you were researching, were you literally just going online, Googling,
2: yeah, yeah, like, and there's a ton of stuff on FetLife. Like, people who write stuff. I feel like I learned a lot from FetLife, um, which you know isn't everybody's favorite website because it's so not user friendly. But um, like, I had no idea that people are super into pantyhose. Like, you know, you start you start connecting with people and looking at like their list of things that they're into or curious about. And these lists go on and on and on oh, yeah. with everything that you can think of. and so We've as managed I,
1: to sexualize every single object yes. and thing on this earth yes. <laughs> as, a, Look, so, as humans.
0: <laughs> so for our listeners and viewers, what exactly is FetLife?
1: So
2: FetLife is a – Fet is for fetish, and it's a website for – it's like a Facebook for kinky people. Okay. But like I said, it's not super user-friendly. They don't have a mobile app. Um, but most people are using it anonymously, you know, everybody has fake names on there. And, um, and that actually is where I learned that there was community of, of people, um, you know, because there's meetups on there and you can find people who are meeting up. And if you're new to it, like going to a munch, which that was something I had to look up. So a munch is like a, a group of BDSM people meeting up in a vanilla place, like a restaurant or a bar and you're not dressed, you know, crazy, like we can sometimes get all dressed up crazy when we go out. Um, But you're just dressed vanilla, you're blending in, but it's a group of like minded people. And you're there and you can talk about whatever you'd like to talk about sex or BDSM, or, you know, monogamy or non monogamy, whatever. It's like a safe space to just go and meet people and see that, you know, oh, these aren't total weirdos. These are, <laughs> you know, these are just other people like me. I forgot to ask, um, how do we feel about the F word on this podcast? Do I need to be careful with my no,
1: language? You're good. There's no. Yeah. This Don't is worry an about 18 and up okay. listening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my wife
0: drops enough. the F I'm like a sailor.
1: No. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's laughing like that because he knows he's lying through his teeth. He's the one that drops it like a sailor. But no, Look here there's. <laughs> Perfect. No worries. You're not, mm-hmm. We're not filtering anything here. So. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Yeah. So that's where I found out. I was in Minneapolis, St. Paul at the time, and um, I found out that people got together and hung out together, and you know, had parties together and had house parties, and it was just, it was amazing. Like I, I had no idea. It was. I, I love it. I love. I'm about to the point where not many people that I'm around either don't know that I'm involved in the community or they're not a part of it.
1: Right. You know, and it used to be very taboo, but this is what I love and this is why the season we started filming and we're really trying to make sure that everybody that we can bring on can use their name and their own like list, likeness because it's hard. We know, you know, you have a partner and he has friends, family, he has people that he, doesn't necessarily want to know. And and so it's hard to have to filter out who you are, that side of of your life. um, And we shouldn't have to, we shouldn't have to, especially when it's very consensual. Right. So tell us a little bit about your partner. So um, I had
2: just decided that I was not dating vanilla people anymore. Uh, hey. when I met him, yeah, I was Isn't like, this is, is a total waste of time. It but is don't a total feel waste of time. There's a lot of vanilla people out there though, that they don't know they're kinky. Yes. Yes. They, they know they're
0: kinky. So they that- just don't want to be open with themselves. I mean, we, it.
2: we joke all the time. My partner is a dirty, filthy pervert and has been forever, <laughs> <laughs> but he never knew anything about the community and you know, and it's a perfect
1: fit for him. He just didn't know about it.
0: He thought he was dirty, huh? Uh, he's not. <laughs> so now,
1: when you're talking about the community, so we're all a sex positive community now. I feel like that falls under every umbrella. I feel like that's the umbrella, sex positive. Yes. Yeah. But then there's little umbrellas that are underneath there. So many. <laughs> so, so there's many. the BDSM community, mm-hmm. there's the swinger community. Mm-hmm. Now, do you fall somewhere in between there with your partner? Yeah, I think so. And I think that you will find people,
2: and we started referring to it as being more swingery or, um, and, and when it comes to playing with other people, um, I've started referring to it as like, whether you're more poly versus more swingery. Right. So, you know, you've got the polyamory and I think there's a lot of people in lifestyle and a lot of swingers that probably are more polyamorous, but they just you know it's a it's a thing of semantics and definitions right Mm -hmm. but
1: it's filling a need essentially you know whether you're getting into the community because you have a sex need that you'd like to fulfill or an emotional need that's really the difference either way it's still you're looking for something from somebody else or looking to enhance what you already have Mm -hmm. in some cases yeah i think
2: enhancing
1: is the is the way to go i've heard it never works
2: very well if you're trying to you know, fix something. If oh, you're trying yeah. to fix a relationship, we
1: say it all the going time. <laughs> lifestyle is never the it's way to it. do not the way to go. It's
0: not.
1: <laughs> yes. If you're trying to fix your relationship with lifestyle, it's gonna be the quickest way to end your mm. relationship. Right. Unfortunately. <laughs> I yeah. actually
2: think that um, the level of communication that you need to have in a partnership or in a relationship to participate in lifestyle or polyamory, um, less so on BDSM because BDSM has very clear negotiated boundaries before anything ever happens. And so all of that, they really encourage people to talk through all of that up front before you ever start playing. But um, in polyamory and in lifestyle, you know, when you're playing with other people, Um, the, the level of communication you have to have with your partner to work through that and to make that okay everywhere is the level of communication that I think every relationship should have. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. because that like working on our communication skills around like playing with other people has done nothing but help us when it comes to, if you have to talk about money, you know, because money and sex are, and maybe kids, I don't, I don't remember (laughs) the third thing, but there's like the three biggest causes of divorce. Right. Right. Yeah. Money. Number one. Number one. Sex is probably mm-hmm. number close, two. Yeah. Uh, close second. I think money's one and sex is two. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, it all again goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You were raised very conservative Christian, I believe. Oh, yeah. Very and culty. culty. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh,
2: isn't it, though?
0: I was raised with yeah. no religion. So both of you had religion in your life. And I was like, what the hell mm. are you believing in? You know? It,
2: yeah, it took me. It's so funny because my middle sister, she knew from the time that we were kids, she was like, This is some bullshit. I'm not down with this. You know, <laughs> but but I was, you know, this good kid and following all the rules and wanted to do the right thing. And and it took me until my 30s to come out of some of that stuff. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing how much of a brainwashing it almost is. I mean, the largest sex ring is the Catholic Church. Right.
2: right. <laughs> yeah, and there's still no consequences right? for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And,
1: yeah. and people are still going there every Sunday and giving, you know, half their paycheck away oh to support wild predators. And I just mm-hmm. don't get it. Um, it's it's hard. And, you know, it's something that we, we broach the subject of religion because it comes up with sex all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think you can be spiritual and you can – honestly, I could care less about – who you believe in and who you don't. If you're not a good person, <laughs> and so yeah, that's I what think, it boils down to. Yeah, that's really what it boils down to, and and it's amazing. I got to bring this up because it just happened. Did you guys see that the Pope just yes. basically gave his blessing to um, gay marriage, gay partnerships, same-sex oh, same marriages hmm. yesterday? No, I didn't hear yeah. about that. And so that's huge that for the is Catholic a huge Church. Huge step. Yes. Oh my gosh. And so I think, you know, a (laughs) lot of people don't realize that when they translated the Bible, the word that they thought homosexual actually never appears in the Bible anywhere. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be child pedophilia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that that's now showing up, that's huge for our community and making progress like on such a bigger level. Um, Because like what you're trying to do with your networking and what we're trying to do here with the podcast, it shouldn't be shunned. I mean, that's the very existence. Yeah. That's our, our reason for our very existence is sex. And so it shouldn't be shunned.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I agree. And the, um, ugh, I lost my train of thought. Bleep that's that okay. No. Just bleep that out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: tell us a little bit. You said it was cultish. Go into more detail about your childhood upbringing. Did you guys talk about sex at all in your household? Oh, no, no. The only thing that I ever
2: knew about sex growing up was that you don't do it unless you're married. So, wow. um, it just, it was a very, very taboo subject. And, you know, there's no talk ever, ever, whether you're married or not about masturbation. Um, you know, and then of course it's like you get married and then you're committed and you're content until death do you part. And that's your one and only partner. Um, because, you know, when you got married, God put these two together as one and let no man tear them apart. <laughs> da, 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 da. Um, but it just—it uh, doesn't need to be like that, you know. I—I I just think a lot of religion is historical and cultural, and it has come out of. There are things that are left over from it that have come out of very old cultures, like the whole patriarchalness of it, right? You know, because it came out of a culture that was very patriarchal. I mean, women did not have any rights, right? So, mm. so did you try
1: that route? Did you ever get married? Oh, yes. I've been married twice. Okay. So you thought for a long time that that's, that was the right way. Well, the first time I got married was
2: because I was pregnant. So. Oh. oh okay. And, of course, that didn't work out well. Right, okay, That was bad. <laughs> um, that was one of those things where, like, in uh, biology, you know, the woman is, like, when she's ovulating and she's looking for, like, the hottest, strongest male to procreate <laughs> with. I feel like that's how... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's how my first marriage was. Like, that was happening, and then I got pregnant, and then I was like, oh, I guess I need to be married now. So <laughs> oh. we got married. And how long did that last? Not very, no. no. That was awful. No. It was awful. Oh. Less than a year, I think. And oh. then it took almost a year to get divorced, but anyway.
1: So did you go through those marriages, and did you talk about sex during those marriages?
2: Um, with my partner? hmm No, I mean, we did it, but it wasn't wasn't like
1: a conversation piece. And this is what's huge is we talk about everything with our partners, mm-hmm. but we tend to talk, I think as females, we tend to talk about sex more with our friends, girlfriends. Yeah. Yes. than we do with our partners. And a lot of times our part, you know, men don't even know what we want if we're not expressing it.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and so my second marriage, I was with him for 15 years and I thought he was a good guy. I thought he'd be a good dad for my daughter. And when it finally ended, I thought he would never leave me. And he he, like one day he was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And I was like, oh, this is actually happening. He is leaving me. And it was kind of a shock. Um, but after I kind of got over the shock and the, the grief was more about the loss of our future and our future plans that we were building together right. than it was even a grief over the loss of the relationship, which I thought was interesting. And then um, and then I started dating again and started to realize, like, wow, I must have been really miserable. And I didn't even know it because I was so focused on, you know, these vows and being content and committed until death do us part. Right. So, you know, we had gotten to where so when you move into talking about sex in that relationship we had gotten to where it was like we both knew how to make each other come. So we would do it one way until I came and then we'd, you know, flip around and do it the other way until he came and we were done. And that was kind of all we ever did. And, you know, sometimes it was, you know, it gets to be where it's like a few weeks or maybe a month or two in between times that you're having sex. And it's just is really sad. Right. Oh um, wow. And I remember like I didn't I, I wear dresses all the time now. I didn't use to wear dresses all the time, but I'd put one on to go to this party. And it was at his cousin's house where they were doing like a pay-per-view boxing fight or whatever. And they'd ordered in Chipotle taco bar. So the house is like a three or 4,000 square feet house. There's an entire fully finished basement with a bathroom down there. Nobody's down there. Everybody's upstairs. And I tell my husband at the time, I'm like... We should go downstairs. Like I've always wanted to have sex, like in the bathroom at a house party. Like, oh yeah! And I, and I specifically like wore a dress, like right, to make this happen. Right? You had plans.
1: Oh so yeah. You were getting oh some.
2: man, he he just acted like like I was a slutty slutty. You whore. are the
0: biggest slut in the universe, yeah, right wow. then and there. Yes. Oh yes. Slutty
2: slutty whore. Oh and my like, god. But you're my husband I thought sex was okay with my husband you know right
0: it is in the bedroom Ooh. with the lights out right <laughs> behind closed doors yeah you know. so, it,
2: so I didn't <laughs> at the time I didn't even know like how vanilla it was in my mind it was like huh this is marriage this is what marriage is like oh and wow and then oh, you so
1: and then you started then you found tinder <laughs> yes. I know, right? then Actually, I found yeah. tinder well
2: because so sad. I was like, Oh my God, if this guy that I thought was never going to leave me just left me, then who else is going to want me? Like nobody's going to want me. And so I start signing up online and going on dates and I was like, Oh no, people want me. Yes, oh yeah. Yes. Oh, I, yeah. I am wanted. This is going to be, I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. My record was three dates in one day. <laughs>
1: oh hell okay. yeah breakfast lunch and dinner
2: three meals <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. no I love first dates I love meeting people and um, and it's funny cause like I often won't see somebody more than once or twice and this is in my serial monogamy life right okay. so you won't see somebody more than once or twice and then if I see them three or four times usually it's like a long term relationship which like I don't know I just I guess I know what I like or what works I don't know <laughs> there you go,
0: huh.
1: You're still working that out you know <laughs> (laughs) So now circling back to your current partner.
2: Yeah. So I had just sworn off dating vanilla people because I had, I'd gotten a little heartbroken. Like I'd been seeing this guy and we were having a great time. We had great chemistry. We hung out, we laughed, you know, it was great. And then I was like, okay, well, there's some things that are on my bucket list, you know, that I want to have a primary partner for, um, And just as an example, I will say like as a single woman dating and having a fantasy of like having two men at once, like without one of those men being a primary partner, like somebody who I really trust and know well, I just felt like it could turn rapey really fast. Right. Mm. And so it's, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm telling this guy that, you know, I've got stuff on my bucket list that I want to do. And I'd like you to be a part of that. And he was like, oh, uh, no, I want like my one and only love to grow old on the porch and sit in the rocking chairs and watch the sunset with. That's what I'm looking for. And I'm like, okay, this is not going to work then. And it but was why sad. couldn't it be both? No, he was not down for it. Oh, no. He was not down for it. No, he's not sharing. No. That's so sad. Yeah, it (laughs) was a little bit sad. And so right at the same time, I had met my partner because um, I had gone out to the Grizzly Rose and it looked so fun. I was like, (laughs) oh, my God, everybody from 18 to 70 is out here dancing and they know all these dances. I need cowboy boots and dance lessons ASAP. So I went and bought these cowboy boots. I spent way too much money on them. My girlfriend calls me. She's like, we're going dancing. You want to come? That's her, That's what her voice sounds like. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I really don't want to go all that way. But I just spent like way too much money on these boots. So I better go. So I go with her. I hang out all night. I'm drinking all night. Um... And talking to different people, you know, and at the very end of the night, we're getting ready to leave. And she says to me, oh, and if you want dance lessons, you have to meet my friend here. He's great at dancing and he'll teach you. And I was like, oh, good. Free dance lessons. That sounds excellent. Right. And and so I got his number and I called him and we met the next day. And we were just like magnets. You know, I mean, we were living together practically immediately. Oh, wow. We were just magnets. And so it's been a little over two years now. Um, But like I said... He was completely vanilla. And on our second date, um, I had tickets to Carnival de Sensual at the Oriental Theater, Mm. which their Halloween show is coming up, by the way, BT dubs. Um, So I had tickets. And the person that I was going to go with was like, oh, I'm working. And I was like, dude, I paid for the tickets. I want to be this is like at a theater. I want to be on time. Mm -hmm. Right. And I thought, oh, I bet this I bet dance dance lessons dude would be on time because I kind of think he's pretty into me. And so I called him up and to see if he was available. And sure enough, he got there early and we stood in line together. And then we got drinks and we sat down. And I was like, listen, um, I'm into some things that I don't think you're going to be into. So I just want to let you know that up front. Because I was basically like, I'm just going to see where this goes. I'm open to having fun with this guy, but this is not going to be long term because, like, he's not going to be like this primary partner that I'm looking for. And he basically was just like, I don't care what it is. I'm down.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, that is so cool. So yeah. why are you swearing off dating vanilla's then cuz you just converted a vanilla? Who wants to do that? We
2: were we were <laughs> monogamous. We were monogamous for like a year and a half and not saying like, "Oh, oh wow. I can't be monogamous." But, you know, we we built up our relationship. We have mm-hmm. this really great foundation where right. we were out in the community going to parties and hanging out with people, but not playing with anybody else for, I think, a good year and a half before we ever dipped our toes into like, okay, playing with a friend um, and see how that goes, you know? And right. I know that you guys have talked about this before mm-hmm. on the podcast where you have like, you know, I was kind of up here in where I wanted to be. And, you know, he's down here at the beginning. And so, you know, you talk about how when you have one partner who's behind, mm-hmm. you, you have to start down there, right? Yes. You have oh, to yes. start with where they're comfortable. And right. so that's what we did. And
1: um, so you you're know, saying so that process was so time consuming that now you feel like dating people in the lifestyle or or having people that are more open minded to being monogamous monogamish, sorry, (laughs) beforehand is more what your, your pace is now.
2: Yeah. And, you know, through this journey, so the journey starts where we're totally monogamous and then we start playing with other people together and, um, And then it turns into, um, well, to be quite honest, like this is a juicy bit of gossip. Um, (laughs) Part of the reason that we are now trying out dating separately and playing separately and texting separately, because everything was all together before. Mm -hmm. Uh But now we're trying out all the separate stuff, quite frankly, because um, he was having a lot more fun than I was. Like, you know, the guys... um, You know, when there's a bit of a distraction, you know, and there's too many people in the room or there's people going in and out or whatever's going on, like there was a problem with, you know, guys being able to get it up and keep it up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, I'm not having any fun. (laughs) And that's also like me having fun is also why I'm more poly than swingery, because like my partner and I have great sex, like I'm not looking for. Like, I don't need to just fuck just to fuck. Like, if I'm going to have sex with somebody, like, I want it to be a good time and I want to have at least one orgasm, right? Oh,
1: right. And
2: I know that I'm not going to have an orgasm if I'm not, like, comfortable. Right. So, which I think is true for a lot of women and probably men, too. And so... Um, You know, that's where we started talking about being more poly and dating separately and saying, I want to have a connection with people like I want. Ideally, I want to be friends with people that, you know, we also play with or that I play with. So um, so that's kind of where we're at now. Okay.
0: And how long has it taken uh, to be comfortable with that for both of you?
2: I would say that we're still kind of in that exploring phase of dating separately because, um, he travels a lot for work. Okay. And so like one of the things right now is he doesn't really want me out playing with anybody or going on dates and stuff when he's out of town and he can't be here, you know, he's a big protector. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, and I think, you know, as we move forward or maybe if I have play partners who are more regular people who he knows, um, regular play partners who he knows, um, and is comfortable with, then I think we'll end up getting to a place where like when he's out of town, like, or maybe we have one night a week that's, Mm -hmm. you know, both of us go do something else. Um, yeah. Oh,
1: so do you ever see marriage in your future again?
2: Um, I, he wants to get married. He's never been married before. Um, And so I told him that I would discuss it in three to five years. Um, And I was happy to be engaged in the meantime. And this man gives me jewelry. Like I have so much jewelry from this man. Um, This was my second anniversary. My my uh, silver choker. Oh, I love it. My silver collar. It's a second anniversary present. He had it custom made by the jeweler for me. Oh, Oh, really?
1: Nice. (laughs) Choker
0: is the second anniversary.
1: So do you guys explore the BDSM stuff together then?
2: We have a little bit. Um, I think when I describe him as being more swingery and, you know, more into fucking and just enjoying fucking for fucking sake, you know, (laughs) um, I think he's more on that side of it. Whereas, you know, I really would like to explore more and have more time in some of that BDSM stuff, whether, um, and I don't know if you guys have talked a lot about BDSM on the, um, podcast, but for listeners, uh, it's bondage and discipline, dominance and submission, sadochism and masochism. And so, um, I think, of uh, so bondage and submission, you know, is a lot of rope stuff and you'll find a lot of people, that's a whole nother little sub community that we right. have is the rope community. Mm. Um, you know, studio friction is a rope club basically, um and they you know have lessons and stuff there they're so anyway um so that's kind of the bondage side being tied up and shibari rope is part of that um and then dominance and submission is power exchange play which um again going back to the christian thing like you'll see a lot of christian couples that that have a ds a very ds dynamic in their relationship but it's all under that guise of of religion and like you know the man is the head of the household and he makes know, all the
1: decisions he makes
2: the decisions and he's supposed mm-hmm. to treat his wife like christ treated the church like the bride and you know all of that kind of stuff so you will see ds stuff in like non bdsm circles, you know, in that in that conservative Christian circle. Um but to me DS stuff is like games, like DS games. Like um, you know, we'll be if you're out somewhere, like go take your panties off and and then come right. back and give them to me. You know, just, just like <laughs> little games, you know, it's so fun, little games. <laughs> um and then sadochism and masochism, you know, is about uh the pain. And you have people, you have masochists who they are so into the pain like and the reason I think is because um, there's a thing called subspace. And so you give somebody enough pain and it starts releasing endorphins into their body and it huh. gets the, and you can get them into what is called subspace where it's just like this euphoric headspace that they're in. And once you stop with the pain, um, you know, then there's this whole aftercare period, you know, where it's snuggling and, you know, water and cuddles and making sure that, you know, everything's good and having some time to kind of come down from that. Um, And I think that dominance or, or sadists also have the same thing where they kind of get into a space where they're a little bit high on what they're doing and they need some time to come down too. But again, there's, you know, like everything, there's so many ranges. Like you have the people Uh who are so into just a ton of pain. And then there's people that are like, yeah, spank me while we're doing it. That's fun. (laughs) Not
0: too hard, hard, right? right.
1: (laughs) Don't leave any (laughs) marks. So where do you practice now, or is that what you look for other partners for? Um,
2: that is something that I've been kind of on the lookout for, um, is just finding somebody who enjoys more of that uh, dominant or and or sadist role, um, you know, who who wants to, you know, Tie me up and flog me for an hour or two, you know, right. something like that. Mm-hmm.
0: So do you like getting up on the cross and everything like that?
2: I have been. You have? Yeah, been. I have been on the cross. Oh,
0: nice. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> do you like uh, longer periods of time or are you more like a, hey, tie me up type of thing and then just get it done, get it over with?
2: Oh, no. I think what's fun about it is like the extended play, like playing uh, for a couple okay. of hours. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Interesting. So, and so a lot of people, I know we were talking about this earlier, but I think it's worth saying like a lot of people who are into BDSM, sex is not a part of it. Yes. Um, and for some people it is. For me, it is because when I got into the whole BDSM stuff, um, sex was a part of it because I was doing it with my boyfriend. And so, um, And so for me, what I had found out was that like if I played with somebody in a BDSM kind of way... And then that was it. Um, that didn't really work for me. Like
0: it, it, it yeah. wasn't the release that you were looking for, huh? Yeah,
2: I want I want that to end in you know sex and orgasms and yeah, oh so, yeah, yeah, fun. Otherwise, otherwise it's no fun. There should always be <laughs> orgasms,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> so, do you play right now that way? Do you go to any of the BDSM clubs or? You know, I'm not totally up on all the COVID stuff, but
2: my understanding right now is that most of those are still shut down. Okay. Um, Yeah, and I don't know, and the longer this goes on, I don't know really how many of them will end up making it, you know?
1: Right. But the community is strong. That's what I, I mean... There's not a lot of places to go either, so the select few places that are open, I think, will continue to thrive once everything reopens, because the community is very, like, they back each other up, and I'm sure you've learned with the um, networking stuff that everybody loves to support sex positivity, no matter what you're doing. You're a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it has nothing to do with sex, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure you get a lot of business because they're more comfortable saying, hey... When you take us to go look for a house. Is there going to be a place for a red room there? you mm-hmm. and- think Ooh. we could hang a sex swing from right. the line? Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I actually, okay, so I had a client who, um, she bought a new build. And so she was going over there all the time. First of all, I'm going to back the story up. She sold her house that had a dungeon in it, and it was painted dark purple sparkles. And she was so uh-huh. upset when I made her paint it, like, a light color, you know, to go on the market. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing in my dungeon? She had to move out, you know, all her whips and chains and spanking bench and everything. So anyways, so she buys the new house, they're building it. And she's over there all the time, like checking on the progress, right? Well, she sneaks over there one night before they put the drywall up in her bonus room, which she had known from the beginning the bonus room was going to be her new dungeon. And so um, she sneaks over there and they and installed like a hard point in one of the rafters in the ceiling of the bonus room before they drywalled it like. <gasps> So that so they can do rope suspension. Do <laughs> Didn't it. even
1: know that she did it. No, She was just too no, embarrassed it. to
2: ask. No, well, she had called and talked to them and been, and they were. It was like all hypothetical questions. And, well, if you were, you know, you're not supposed to do anything over there. But if you were to go over there, like we wouldn't really know, you know.
0: Because uh, okay. you know, when
2: they're
1: building a house, it's all open. You can just right like, mm-hmm. go in and out. Right. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you where do you find your clients now is it all through the community
2: yeah pretty much um it's it's a lot of referrals and um i actually got my first uh referral who he he texted me one morning and he says um i'm supposed to contact kiki at this number And I'm like, okay, well, this is Kiki. And then he says something about Kathy. And I'm like, well, first of all, Kathy and Kiki are the same person. Like, just to clarify that. (laughs) Well, it turns out that, like, he's going to be in the market for buying something. And an old girlfriend of his is, like, has heard of me. And I have no idea who she is. But she's heard of me. And she tells him because she knows that he likes, you know, strong, powerful women you know, she's like, call her. So he calls me and, you know, he's asking me like, well, what do you think about like, I don't know, maybe like putting on a cock cage until like until we close, you know, until closing and really like making this dominatrix thing a real part of the actual real estate transaction. Okay. I was like, I could get behind that. Like, <laughs> yes, why not? It sounds fun.
0: You're going to dominate the, you know, dominate the houses, dominate the people too, dominate you know? Dominate the buyer. Why not? You oh. know, what I
2: immediately found was so weird about that is that I have such a client services background that, in, so instead of being like, you know, okay, here's what I recommend and, you know, which, what would you like to do? You know, that kind of thing. Like dominatrix is not, that's the opposite, mm-hmm. you know, it's like. Um, you need to sign my contract mm-hmm. and you need to sign it in the next 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, yeah. Stuff like that. It's just, it was so funny. <laughs> yeah.
0: You don't like the spiral staircase. You like the straight one.
2: <laughs> so, have Stop you... being a pussy and make an offer. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: could just go on and on. Sweet. It's just funny. <laughs> have you obviously have told everybody? How did you approach that subject with your family? Um, my sister
2: and my mom, or my sister and my daughter, no, um, cause we're pretty open, you know, more friends than, you know, more on a friendship level. Right. Um, my parents are much more conservative, mm-hmm. you know, still kind of in that mindset that, yeah. you know, sex is taboo. We don't talk about it, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, however, they have seen some of my marketing and so i they will make, they don't want to have a conversation about it, but they will make comments, like, just to, <laughs> you know, poke me. Right. And I'm pretty sure they think I'm a dominatrix. Like, well,
0: I mean, of course. I, yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: But it's just so funny because it's my parents and I would be happy to have the conversation with them, you know, but they don't want to. They don't want to talk about it.
0: It's the conservative cultish mindset, right? They're all, we want to
2: broach the subject, but we don't really want to know. And it's a huge reason. Like at this point, my parents are the only people that I really care about kind of sheltering from it. Um, Over the past year, I've gotten to a point where I'm much more comfortable just talking about it, matter-of-factly, when I meet people. I, I don't know how they feel about it, but I feel comfortable saying to people um, when they ask me about my niche market or whatever, you know, I feel comfortable saying my niche market is the sex-positive community. It's people who are into BDSM or fetish or lifestyle or swingers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's, that's been a little bit of a journey just in terms of getting comfortable Talking about it. And that's why I love what you guys are doing, because I think that, um, you know, I think the more education that we get out there about right. this stuff and the more that we can make it so that it's not taboo. Right. Um, and it's not underground. Um you know, basically following the whole LGBTQ community. You know, they're they're out, they're loud, they're proud. They're you know, apparently the Pope just gave them his blessing. Yeah, <laughs> and so I feel like kind of the rest of us are a little bit you know behind that. Um, kind of coming coming out of the yes underground. And no,
1: I would say, you know, like you said, the LGBTQ community is very loud and proud. They're always out there. They're ready to share it. Um, the swinger community. Is not as loud and proud. They kind of almost like having this taboo secrecy behind what we do. Like, oh, my God. Shh. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> or, and, you know, we all have fun. I got to tell you, we were in Mexico, and we were with a third, we were up oh, with yeah. another girl, oh, yeah. and we were out on a date, and we were dancing and drinking. You know, we're on vacation, so mm-hmm. we're both all over him and it is so much fun to see people's like look on like oh wait she was just on him and now she's over there on the dance floor and the other girl's on him oh my god wait hold on a minute now they're all now wait now she's on her
0: (laughs) it's fucking attention and you know and all these guys are just like coming by and like oh my god man, what are are you doing doing? (laughs) and i'm just like "Mm." I'm just dancing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just, this is just
1: a Tuesday night. We're, we're know, on vacation. Oh, gosh.
0: Yeah, everybody was like, hey. Oh, man, so it's it so fun. fun. It you is know, fun. You know, that
1: part of it is where people are like, oh, my God. And, and you know, more shocked. Like, you know, we're just doing our normal
2: Boy, I Night tell you what it's because of that that I am about to the point where I have no interest in going on any vacation that's not lifestyle. Like, Right! Oh. Like, everything I look at now, I'm like, oh, are there going to be kids around? Like, I know. Right? <laughs> oh am I going to have to have
1: tan lines? Can I, can I bathe nude no. there? Like, my <laughs> kid
2: is old. My kid is older and grown, you know? I don't need to worry about little kids, and I don't want to worry about somebody else's little kids. So right? I just want to <laughs> do what I'm doing.
0: And I think, you know, over time, it it eventually evolves to that, you know, because we don't talk to anybody barely in the lifestyle or not in the lifestyle, He's I should not. say. Yeah. You know, and...
1: Well, and don't get me wrong. We still do have vanilla friends, and we love our vanilla friends. <laughs> See, but, but my but, vanilla friends
2: now know that I'm involved in this community. Right. You know. That's you the know? same yeah. with ours. Is
1: our vanilla friends know our other side, and, and they're okay with that. So we don't have to hide really who we are. I think more for us is that we don't really... If you're going to have an issue with what we're doing and who we're fucking, see you later. Like, right, right. Uh, and so mm-hmm. there was some vanilla friends and even family members mm-hmm. um, that have had issues with it. And it's like, you know, if you all were so worried about what you guys were doing instead of what we were doing, the world would be a much better place. Oh, like <laughs> oh, well, your relationship. Life tip.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's like, you know, my daughter is super monogamous, like she's all about monogamy. And I told her, I'm like, you know, that's fine for you, you know, and that's fine for whoever wants to be monogamous, but you can't make that decision for everybody else. Like, it's not your life and it's not your choice. And as long as everybody knows what's going on, because I'm all about transparent communication, right? Right. And as long as everybody knows what's going on and they're all okay with it, they're all consenting adults. It's none of your business. Right. None of your business. Right.
1: Where my issue, I think, fell in because, you know, I had growing up, I had issues with a poly lifestyle. And I think it's when it inconveniences the children. In more cases than not now, it's not an inconvenience. for the, It's a benefit for the children. Yeah. because to have it, extra adults around ex- helping with help, the caretaking. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it was taboo and we didn't have that and you had to hide it, it was a lot harder on the children Mm -hmm. because then now we have to hide who we are and we have to hide you know what's going on in our own household and and it sucks like Mm -hmm. to think oh I just wish we could be normal because what was normal back you know what we considered normal as children when we're being shoved conservative religion all this down of our throats is that monogamy that's the only way to go Mm -hmm. you have to get married you have to have your babies You live your life on, you know, like one partner, one partner for the rest rest of your your life. life. Till death do you part. Till death do
0: you part, no matter if it's one year or 100.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But what's crazy is the swing, your lifestyle has been going on for ever, Ever, Ever. forever. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's not a new thing. It's just that now it's becoming more
2: socially acceptable. No. And in fact, there was um, in back in my research phases, um, I came Mm -hmm. across this book called Sex at Dawn and it was totally different than what I thought. I thought it was going to be like a sexy book. It was, um, it was a lot about history and culture and biology. And, you know, talking about like when humans were hunter gatherers, and they all lived in villages. And, um, and it was really interesting. And then comparing, you know, humans to primates and different animals and, um God, there's even like these whole charts about ball sizes like the ratio of your ball size to your penis size <laughs> and and that has something to do with like how monogamous that they are or not like oh. there's just it was so much like sort of scientific biological information um one of the things that I thought was really interesting from that book was to find out that or to learn that um, marriage was created not that long ago, you know, probably mm-hmm. a few hundred years ago, marriage was created. And the reason it was created was for wealth and power and land. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, you know, people who were putting their children together into partnerships to expand their land holdings, right. or, you know, expand their family power and wealth, mm-hmm. um, you know, and serfdoms and things like that. So... I had never thought of that before. I never, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, we made up marriage. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> oh, <wow>. Interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so now at this point to know that you have other options, you said it's liberating for you. You just really opened up to this at in your 30s. Yeah,
2: in my 30s, I think, is where I really kind of shed some of... It was kind of funny. In my 30s, I went back to college. I had not. I had my daughter when I was really young, so I didn't go to college at college age. So when I started college, I had been really religious and really involved in this church that was um, near us. Like, I was even on the leadership team for Wednesday nights and stuff like that. And so when I started, when I went to finish my bachelor's degree, I went to this private Christian college. And um, so I got my four-year degree, I tested out of some things, like one of the things that I did kind of some independent study and tested out of was Intro to World Religions. And there was a required class that was about like the history of the Christian church and the Catholic church and how that all came to be. And the more um, the more that I learned about things, it was so funny, like the less Christian I felt. And I was really? like, oh, I really don't think that the Christian, the private Christian college is intending for this to happen but they're obviously like doing a good job at liberal arts education, right? right. You know, <laughs> teaching, teaching people to think for themselves, you right. know. Um, so by the time that I finished that four-year degree, like I was like, yeah, I don't think I don't think I believe that stuff anymore. Um, so it was it was interesting, yeah.
1: It's amazing that you've gotten this far. I mean, it's amazing because a lot of times that we talk to people in the Swinger community, in the BDSM community, the stories that come out from your background, like you're essentially changing everything about yourself when you leave a religion because it's so ingrained in everything that you do. It's all about your beliefs and your worldview, which is one of the core pieces of yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean... It's a core piece of yourself. No, absolutely. And so it's amazing that you've been able to grow from it and learn from it and you've kept your mind open and and that you have support. I think it sounds like your parents wouldn't be too surprised. They seen, <laughs> they think you're a dominatrix and and I, it sounds like they would still love you regardless and that they're not oh, going to make a decision over that.
2: Yeah, they just don't want to be involved in it. And, uh, and my mom, I think she called my sister one day and I was like, oh, did you see such and such? And my sister just goes, "Uh, yeah, it's Kathy. She's always been like this. And I (laughs) thought about that. I I thought that was really interesting because I never thought about that. I never felt that way about myself. Um, But, like, looking back, maybe I was, like, more into sex than other people. Like, I remember being boy crazy, but I thought that was just normal. Mm -hmm. And, like, Mm. you know, I said when I'm single, I'm dating, like, you know, I'm going on two and three dates a night or a day. Like <laughs> I, I love it. I think it's so fun. And so to have that freedom to explore sexually with different partners and do different things um, is just really fun. And, and our sexuality is a part of being human. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: It's great that you've been able to go into both communities. And we were having a discussion prior to the podcast um, about the differences between swingery, as you like to call it, <laughs> and, and BDSM communities, BDSME. Yeah,
0: BDSME. BDSME
1: <laughs> communities. Um, what would you say strikes you as the biggest difference?
2: I think that the uh, the seriousness, and, and rightfully so, you know, BDSM community is very serious. Um, there are things that they do that can be dangerous. Um, for example, when you're tying people up with rope, um, you have to know what you're doing. Um, and if you like to be tied up with rope, you don't necessarily just want to let anybody do that because there are places where they can cut off circulation and you can have permanent nerve damage. Right. Okay. Um, and then for the most part that and breath play like choking are really the two most dangerous things that people do in BDSM, all of the, you know, caning or spanking or whatever. Um, You know, you might get to a point where there's permanent marks left, but, you know, I think that's kind of in extreme cases. And so, you know, consent is a big part of both communities, but in BDSM, consent is um, arrived at through a negotiation before any play ever starts. And so, you know, there are a lot of resources to help people out with that in terms of, okay, well, what are the things that you should cover in a negotiation with a potential play partner? Um, And also, like, once you start playing, you can't add things like, oh, well, I said that I didn't want to be penetrated, but now that you've tied me up, I'm a little bit horny and I'm okay with you penetrating me. Like, that's a big no-no. Like, you know, in the BDSM community, you know, you, you stick to what was negotiated ahead of time. Right. And you have a scene, you know. They call it a mm-hmm. scene, and then you know you get done with the scene, and there's some aftercare, and um, and it's very serious. And there's a lot of people who play in the BDSL, BDSM world where sex is not a part of it. Now, um, so my partner and I uh, somehow got introduced or involved with the Menage Life group here in town and they uh, were having parties. And so we were going to parties. And then it was after we started going to the parties that I realized that that was more a chunk of the swinger community. That was like Mm -hmm. our entree into Mm -hmm. the swinger community. And it was so much more fun. Like (laughs) it was so like, there's even a whole thing in BDSM. Like there's clubs where like, there's no alcohol, you know, you Mm -hmm. because it's safe, sane, and consensual. And so there is a contingent of people in that community who say, you cannot, um, you can't consent if you're drinking, if you're inebriated mm-hmm. if you're yeah. yeah, if your state is altered in any way by alcohol or drugs, then you're not really okay to be consenting or negotiating anything. Um, I don't really fall under that, you know. I I'm more of a like, hey, let's let's play and let's drink and let's have fun and let's see what happens, and that's kind of more in the swinger world, you know, just a right. lot of. You know, hanging out together and and that sex is a part of hanging out and those friendships. Um, Consent is still a thing, um, but it's not like there it's not it's not so much of a thing, I think, as it is in BDSM. Right. I'm going to regret saying that. I feel like BDSM
0: (laughs) BDSM. You know, it sounds like a like a business contract. Yes, you know, like we are yes. doing this, and you have to stay to this. You know, there mm-hmm. is no no negotiations after this. Right. You right. know, whereas the swinger stuff, it's like.
2: Meh.
0: We'll see what's going on. Yeah, you yeah know, like, if ha- That yeah. feels
2: good. Keep going. Or, right. like, no thank you, then, <laughs> right. you know, you then go. they should stop, Right. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and that's more my style, you know? That's more, I'm more of an informal, mm-hmm. wing-it, loosey-goosey kind of person anyway, so it just fits my style better. <laughs> but you definitely find people in the swinger community who are doing BDSM stuff. You know, they have kink Fridays at the ranch once mm-hmm. a right. month, and, um... They've got the St. Andrew's crosses down there and people come in with toy bags and and you will see some of that, you know, at the ranch, but um, it's definitely
1: not predominant.
0: Yeah, I think both communities overlap, you know? They do,
1: they do. I just, I think it's, very interesting. How strict? How much more strict the BDSM community has been, or can be, when you're going to those particular clubs that are strictly for that. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah. For compared a, lot to the ranch people, yeah,
1: well, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people in the swinger community, <laughs> you know, it's something that they want to do, and they show up to like the ranch or a place like that. But they almost need that little bit of alcohol to give them, you know, to to let them spread their wings a little bit, and you know get them pushed over the edge of, okay. I know okay. The, first
2: time, the first couple of times that, you know, for better or worse, I'm just going to blurt this out. The first few times that, you know, I, that we played with other people, you know, in your me current and my partner, relationship. yeah, me and my partner and then brought in other people. I know like there was sometimes that I was pretty trashed. Like <laughs> it was so uncomfortable. Like it was, but it was something that I wanted to, you know, I wanted to try it. I wanted right. to try mm. it, but it was so uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. And it's hard. You never know what to expect. Those first, even now. I mean, there's sometimes that we'll go into You're a room. You are with two people right, or more, or like, more. And sometimes mm-hmm. we we'll never think, did that before. And we've we've been to the place where where we'll be on board. We're going in the room, and then we're in the room for a few minutes, and we're like, okay, this is not going. You don't where we. Stop. you know oh my you god. know you guys
2: should have a whole episode of like bad experiences like oh I, I, I'm my starting god to right? collect. i'm starting cult to collect like that was horrible and awkward and i hope that that never happens again how can oh my- we make sure that never happens okay. <laughs> right my
0: my wife and i one of our experiences was we hung out with a couple all night went to a different like vanilla club you know mm-hmm. but danced all night drank all night everything feeling on each other. every The vibe was amazing. And then For we sure. get back to the fucking hotel, and the vibe is completely off. Like, yeah. he is super drunk, so, you know, he doesn't want to, like, put on a fucking condom, like, oh. the first time, and it's like, whatever, you know? But the wife, too, is like, who's all over everybody, all of a sudden becomes, like, this super quiet and doesn't say anything
2: they were like oh she was like terrified this just got real real. shit
0: just got real you know (laughs) that
2: happened to us one night (sighs) too yeah they invited us back to their hotel room and you know and so we went back and and then you know everybody kind of starts making out she's totally naked and all of a sudden she's like um i'm not okay with this and we're like okay well what you know what can we do what what's the deal and she's basically just like well we were here last weekend and I did some stuff that, like, I don't really want that to happen again. And so, you know, let's just, you know, back off. And so they ended up, like, basically asking us to leave and we weren't ready <sighs> to go because, you know, there was drink. Like, we weren't, we were not mm-hmm. in shape to drive. Like, we had right. been planning, they had invited us back there and we'd been planning to stay for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And at some point, I just told my partner, I was like, I am not waiting a third time for them to ask us to leave. Like, we need to just go down to the lobby right now and wait down there. Right. It was so awkward and so oh. uncomfortable. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's not always great. And I think a lot of people have misconceptions. They're like, oh, you guys just go and you and you fuck every weekend and it's always wonderful. No, we don't fuck every weekend. Mm-hmm. And it's not always wonderful. And, I mean, we fuck each other every weekend. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Let me rephrase mm-hmm. that.
0: <laughs> but, you know, other people, you know, it's, yeah. it's hard to have that connection, especially because it's like a four-way gig, you know? Like, we play, we play together. I and was so... just
2: explaining that to somebody, yeah, because I found some newbies at the bar, mm-hmm. and when I found out they were newbies, I was like, let me tell you. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> so I was like, I
1: have some tips for right. you. Right. <laughs> Because a lot of times when you're new there, you don't know what to expect. We talked about it all the time. It's so funny that we're out like this now and actually on a podcast. Yes. Because when we first started the lifestyle, we're like, should we give them our real names? Oh we're not going to tell them we have kids. Should we tell them we're fr- fr- from out of town? Yeah, oh, like, tell them yes, fr- from out, out of town. i heard you
2: say that so <laughs> before. <you> know,
1: yeah. <laughs> we were so not going to say anything. And now here we are. Yep. All of our kids I... know. All of our family know. Out there.
0: Everybody's know. out there. We're just being positive about it, you know.
2: Well, one of the things that freaked me out about swingers before I was involved in the community was that I thought, like, if you went to a swingers party, it was like you knocked on the door, you went in, and then you were just like expected to get naked, Boom. right? Orgy, and you're walking into it. Yes, yes, and it's not like that at all. I mean, it's no. like it's you're you're going to a party. There's places in the party that you know everybody's dressed. Um, or you might see, I mean, there's always titties somewhere, but who, Right. nobody mm-hmm. objects to that. Right. Um, free the nipple. Hashtag right. free yep. the nipple. It's not yep. a Saturday night unless Justina's had a nip slip. There
1: you go. <laughs> or
0: three. So,
1: but three. I only two nipples. Uh-huh.
2: That couples thing, uh-huh. um... So this is what I was saying about the couples. It's almost easier to find a third with a couple than oh, it yeah. is to find another couple to play with. Because you have to, I, I think I counted eight or 12 different relationships. So, like, if if uh, my partner were here, like, we obviously like each other and you guys like each other. You and I have to like each other. You and I have to like each other. Y- the two guys need to t- like each other and the two women need to like each other. Right. Like, and not to say that everybody's going to be playing with each other and touching each other. Like, right. there might be some ground rules, you know, who wants to play with who or whatever. Um, but you at least have to be comfortable enough with the other person to be in a room with mm-hmm. them naked right. and they're touching on your partner, you know? Right and it's i mean it's just so many relationships that have to kind of work out just right to get mm-hmm. two couples together in the same room right it's hard
0: and especially like you were saying you know like if if me and him aren't comfortable together you know yeah it's done and it's know. not
2: about you guys having sex i mean um and i'm only saying that i know that there's There's been some discussion about, you know, making uh, bi guys more accessible and Mm -hmm. um, more uh, mainstream and not as much shame around guys who are bi.
0: But uh, yeah, yeah, no, this isn't what we're talking about. We're talking about two hetero males being comfortable with each other and somebody being able to perform in the same room as another guy. Because guys still have the same thing, you know. Right. Uh, We're still ingrained, you know, one person. Doesn't right. matter the rest of your life, mm-hmm. you, you know? So.
1: And it's also a comfortability standpoint. Like, there's some guys that I've heard that are like, oh, I would never, like, I would never fuck, you know, I would never fuck. The same girl with a different guy at the same time because I can't be that close to that guy.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, kind of the almost <laughs> okay. homophobic
1: yes. kind of thing. Yeah,
2: yes. Like, I don't want to be naked in the same room. He might look at my junk. Right. You know? <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah, right. Those people
1: are not in the right community. If that is their right set. <laughs> but it's it's amazing that it still happens. That mm-hmm. everybody has their own comfort level, mm-hmm. and you know we always try to respect that. But to get four people in a room all on the same comfort level. It's not easy. Mm-mm. No. It's not easy. It's not, not something that always happens. And so I think people have a huge misconception about the the lifestyle and in, mm-hmm. in regards well, to Well and that. even
2: like you were saying, you guys don't fuck other people every weekend, even if you go to the club every weekend and we're right. the same way. We go almost every weekend. Um but You know, I don't like I brought a book with me last Sunday and I (sighs) sat out in a lawn chair and read a book for a while while I had like my mimosa or something. Right. Like, you know,
0: if the weather's right, it's so nice. Right. right. You You just just relax. Relax. No, you don't have to worry about people being like,
2: oh, my God, you're naked. You know, nothing. We had a crazy Saturday night one night and then um, my partner wanted to go back for Sunday And I was just like, I wasn't like up to anything yet. And I actually went downstairs and took a nap. (laughs) I know. Did (laughs) Did you pull the the curtains closed and everything? I did. (laughs) I went downstairs into (laughs) one of the cabanas and I pulled the curtains closed and I just took a nap for an hour or two. Oh, hilarious. But that says
1: something about the ranch that you feel that comfortable there to be able to do something like that. Because this is... It's, it's a our club. club. It's, it's a, mm-hmm. yeah, our club. It's a private
2: membership club. And we keep saying it's a community. Mm-hmm. It's a community. We you know? watch out Everybody for each other. Everybody watches out for each yeah. other.
1: Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it too. Well, we can't thank you enough for coming and sharing all of your experience and, you know, talking to us a little bit about the BDSM and Swingery community. Oh, bdsm
0: yeah. Swingery.
1: <laughs> <laughs> community. And,
0: and it was a pleasure meeting you. Catherine, yes. Kiki.
1: Kiki. All
2: of that. All of that. <laughs> thank you. No, I'm so excited to meet you guys too. And again, I just, I love what you're doing. I think getting this out there into more public space and taking the shame away from it and the tabooness, ness I think is, is the right thing for all of us to be doing. Thank you. Right. Thank yeah. you.
0: Thank you. We're all here for a reason, right? I know. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And we got to tell you, if you guys want to support us, please head over to our website. Um, you can donate there. Uh, also, like, subscribe. We're on YouTube now. We're just trying to grow our YouTube channel. So it's still very, very new. I know. So if you guys it's could. A baby. <laughs> 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 if you guys could like and subscribe on our YouTube channel, that way you won't miss any of our episodes. Um, but thank you again so much, Kiki.
2: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.